Hello. It's September 7th and this is On The Campaign, a daily podcast wrapping all the big stories from the election 2023 campaign trail. I'm Hamish Fletcher and I'll be your host for this episode. Today has seen a slew of policy announcements and commitments from across the political spectrum. National kicked off the day with a focus on tourism. Leader Christopher Luxon was campaigning in Queenstown this morning and announced a six-point plan to rebuild the tourism industry. For all the hikers out there, a new 80-kilometre Great Walk will be coming in Molesworth and Canterbury should National get elected. Luxon also announced that they would lift the upper age for working holiday visas for all visitors from 30 to 35 for all eligible countries and let people apply for second and third visas. National will also scrap the median wage requirement for businesses bringing in migrant workers under the accredited employer work visa. Businesses have been required to pay a median hourly wage of $29.66 an hour since February 27th this year, but National wants to scrap that and let businesses pay what they need to and based on an employee's experience. The policy will cost $22 million over four years, with much of it funded from the international visitor levy bought in by Labour, which National voted against at the time. While that figure is lower than some other policies, Luxon told reporters there's a reason for that. We would of course like to do more, but I need to be very honest and straight up with all of you and say that when the government opens the books up next week, and it's likely to reveal, I think, a horrible financial picture for New Zealand, reflecting Labour's wasteful spending and economic mismanagement of the last six years. But I know that these six actions are incredibly helpful, they're practical and they're supportive, and they actually are removing constraints that tourism operators are experiencing that are also constraining tourism growth. On those books... Prime Minister Chris Hipkins has told media that he is confident that when the government books are opened up next week, they will show a surplus. It's the pre-election economic and fiscal update, or PREFU, on Tuesday. And Hipkins said he is confident that the government's decision to trim $4 billion in spending over the next four years would be enough to hit a surplus. That's despite a recent downturn in the economy, which saw corporate tax revenue in the year to May come in $2 billion below budget forecasts. More on that next week, though. Today, Labour's big focus was on crime. In a policy announcement at Waikato University, Hipkins announced that Labour will add 300 more police officers to the streets by 2028. The $124 million policy will be rolled out over a four-year period. Hipkins told media that it expands on the party's existing commitments to increasing the number of police officers in the community. Extra police on the beat will be good for New Zealand. Uh, Our track record here is a very strong one, 1,800 extra police on the beat. When we came into government, uh, there was about uh, one uh, one police officer for around about every 540 New Zealanders. We've got that down to about one police officer for every 480 New Zealanders. This announcement, the extra 300 that we're committing to today, will get that down to one to about 470 New Zealanders. Uh, We think that that's really good progress. And we're also committed to changing the law where we need to to make sure the police have got the tools that they need to crack down on crime. The big crime announcement was largely a repackage of previous announcements, including the ram raid bill the government has already introduced to Parliament. But Hipkins did announce plans to change legislation to target gang convoys. We've seen an increase in large-scale gang activity in recent years, particularly around funerals, and Labour wants to have the ability to punish gangs and remove their vehicles for taking part in convoys, even if a direct offence was not committed. Labour has also said it will consider criminalising stalking after the murder of an AUT student in December 2022. 
This is a case that has been covered extensively by Herald crime writer Sam Sherwood. He joined us to explain the case and how our laws could change. Barzana Yekabi was a promising AUT law student. She was born in New Zealand shortly after her father arrived as a refugee from Afghanistan after they'd fled Taliban persecution. The 21-year-old was murdered in December last year by Ken Wapal Singh. Singh was working as a security guard on Queen Street while Yakubi was AUT when they first met. She passed by his workplace and he struck up a conversation with her and invited her for coffee. He began to continuously message her on Instagram. She blocked him, but the messages continued over the next two years as he created various new social media accounts to contact her. Having started sending her threats, including kidnapping her, and one of the messages he said, if you don't want to say anything, I'll kidnap you and give you 365 days to fall in love with me. Singh added her family and friends as he continually tried to contact her via social media. She went to police online on October 25 last year, complaining about his harassing behaviour, but it didn't stop. Then on December 5th, she noticed him following her to a shopping mall and contacted a security guard for help. The following day, he sent her a video taken outside her home. After seeing that video, she feared for her safety and went to the Henderson Police Station to make another complaint. She made a statement about Singh's stalking behaviour and gave officers screenshots of his messages. But then two weeks later, on December 18, Singh murdered her while she was walking home from work. He was arrested at home the next day. Police's investigation revealed that she had had some recent contact with police leading up to her murder. In late October 2022, she filed an online report with police about harassing behaviour police earlier confirmed. They asked her to attend the police station to provide further information so the matter could be considered for further action. And this was carried out in early December. Police were still progressing this matter when she was murdered. Police have referred the matter to the IPCA to explore where there could have been improvements in the police response. Experts I've spoken to in relation to a potential stalking law, they all say that this needs to happen now. A clinical psychologist I spoke to this morning said, while the government continues to dither, women are losing their lives. She said, that, you know, it's not a frivolous legislation, but legislation that could markedly impact on women and others and potentially save lives. She said, future-proof our law and update our data legislation. The Coalition for the Safety of Women and Children said they believe Jacobi's death could have been prevented if New Zealand had criminalised stalking earlier. She said, the addition of stalking to the Crimes Act needed to ensure that stalking behaviours were fully captured by name and conduct in New Zealand's law and that sufficient court-ordered protections were in place to protect victims of stalking and harassment. Police currently, the coalition believe, lack the tools they need to prevent victims from stalking. So adding stalking to the crimes that would therefore ensure police were trained about stalking and its harms, raise public awareness and allow data about stalking to actually be collected. So today, Labor announced as part of its six-point plan for safer communities that they were looking at to strengthen legal protections against stalking and harassment, which includes consideration of adding an offence of stalking to the Crimes Act. Chris Hipkins said they needed to modernise their stalking and harassment laws and bring them into line with overseas jurisdictions. Adding an offence of stalking to the Crimes Act, if aligned with what Australia and United Kingdom do, could entail penalty of between 12 months to three years imprisonment, 
with stronger penalties if the person has possession of a weapon and for those who engage in behaviour of stalking a victim and so forth. So in response to what Labor said, Nationals come out and Justice Spokesman Paul Goldsmith said the party had already previously said that laws around stalking may not be robust or effective enough. Uh, he said it was a complex area of law and something they'd want to look at in government. Goldsmith said Labor had dragged its feet in the area and that National had always listened to victims' advocates and would look seriously at making stalking a separate offence if they were elected. The announcement comes as Minister for Corrections and Vulnerable Children, Kelvin Davis, has continued to defend Labor's ram raid offending and related measures amendment bill. The bill, rushed through its first reading under urgency, would create a new criminal offence from ram raids applicable to 12 and 13-year-olds through the youth court with a maximum jail sentence of 12 years. The bill was found to breach the Bill of Rights by Labor's own Attorney-General, David Parker. However, Davis disagrees with that assessment, saying existing legislation doesn't allow for young children to be held accountable, and this new bill would give power to the youth court to put conditions on children to help them make amends. In lighter news today, Act leader David Seymour has unveiled a new campaign bus for his party, nicknamed Big Pinky. The bus has the faces of 20 ACT MPs covering the sides, with Seymour and his deputy Brooke Van Velden getting pride of place. It'll be seen around the country as Seymour embarks on a 75-date tour of the country. And Seymour didn't miss the chance to link his campaign to the biggest movie of the year. Look, we're a little bit concerned that we're actually going to attract um, as many Barbie fans as ACT fans, but increasingly <laughs> there's a crossover. Uh, we think that this bus will be more than enough. While he's hoping to pick up some new fans with his statement bus, Seymour has been dismissed as a yapping dog who gets sillier and sillier by former Prime Minister Helen Clark. Clark made the comments at the electric campaign launch for Labour's Helen White in Mount Albert last night. Clark showed up to endorse White for the seat she'd held for more than 28 years. In her comments to supporters, Clark also compared this election to her close match against Don Brash in 2005, saying that a shameless Brash was not afraid to scratch every itch, and she says that's what we're facing now. And finally, while the parties are disagreeing on many policies this election, there has been some consensus on state houses post-election. At the launch of a new umbrella group for social housing last night, Labour, National and the Greens have all agreed to build at least another 1,000 state houses a year in Auckland if their parties win the election. So that's at least one area of agreement in this tightly fought election battle. Tomorrow we're expecting to see Chris Hipkins in Wellington, while Chris Luxon will be campaigning in Hamilton and Tauranga. And tomorrow will also mark the formal dissolution of the 53rd Parliament of New Zealand. So we are well and truly in campaign mode now. In the meantime, this has been On The Campaign. You can follow this podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. For more election 2023 coverage, head to nzherald.co.nz. I've been Hamish Fletcher and we'll catch you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.